Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Why, greetings everyone, it's me, Katie Patrick, still sitting here. I'm here every day, all day, I never leave. And neither does Mr. David Fiorazzo, he also just sits over there. Now, uh, before we get started, I do want to give that love to our sponsor, Switch to America, because we keep and continue to always talk about how the world is crazy. Cuckoo-cuckoo. We have supply chain issues, we have record-setting inflation, we have sky-high gas prices, my pocketbook, pretty empty these days. Now, when we take a look at times like these, it's important that you always remember, who are the small businesses out there? All of them who exist to make this the good old US of A. And to keep it the good old US of A, we need to start visiting our friends at switchtoamerica.com. That's right, visit switchtoamerica.com right now and see all the alternatives to the everyday items you use that are made right here in the USA. Again, that's switchtoamerica.com. And if you love this country, please support American companies. Also, it's tonight, oh, tonight's that's right. the night that our good friend, Dr. Jake Jacobs, is going to be launching his part two of his new series called A Brief History of American Political Parties. Let's take a little look-see at the teaser. Hello, America. I'm Dr. Jake Jacobs, and I'm excited to tell you about our four-part series entitled A Brief History of American Political Parties. In parts one and two, we cover the development and early history of both the Democratic and Republican parties, where we love to remind America that after winning one of the most contentious elections in American history in 1800, President Thomas Jefferson declared in his 1801 inaugural address, we are all Republicans, we are are all Federalist. In parts three and four, we covered the good, the bad, and the ugly of both major American political parties from the federal income tax and the New Deal to the Great Society and the Reagan Revolution. Now more than ever, it is imperative that American citizens learn about our great republic under God. So please consider watching our Freedom Project original series, A Brief History of the American Political Parties, and share it with your friends friends and family. God bless this great republic of ours. Wow. Uh, Katie, I'm a little intimidated. You can almost see his bulging biceps underneath the suit jacket. Oh, I so. just hide mine. Whew. So there's that. Anyway, tonight, 7 p.m. Central, Jake is taking a look at the birth of the Republican Party. So yes. make sure you do yes. download our Freedom Project app if you haven't already so you can see all four episodes. I love that, and I am going to share it. I'll watch it first and then share it, or either way. Anyway, friends, it's that special time of week when we all gather around with our favorite pumpkin spice beverage and maybe apple beverage, apple product, and we all get to hear the latest dirt coming out of the education establishment, and some of it is even surprising, from our very own Alex Newman. Hey, Alex. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. And uh, another incredible story. It looks like the Supreme Court of the United States may finally end racist admissions policies in federally funded indoctrination centers uh, masquerading as educational institutions. Uh, so a, a group of mostly Asians actually uh, ended up suing the, uh, the University of North Carolina and Harvard University, uh, both of which, by the way, are getting gargantuan amounts of our federal taxpayer dollars to provide what uh, 
they I think very loosely describe as an education. And uh, and yet both of these institutions deliberately and openly discriminate against people based on their race. Yes, they do. Right? Uh, if you are Asian, you're going to have a much harder time getting in. If you are uh, if you have ancestors who are European, you're going to have a much harder time getting in. Uh, and so now this uh, very interesting lawsuit by these Asians, uh, they were represented by a group called Students uh, for Fair Admissions. Uh, they argued that uh, discriminating against applicants based on their race uh, is and should be a violation of the law and that the Supreme Court should overturn their previous precedent. Um, incidentally, uh, the two lawyers arguing for this organization were actually both uh, former clerks of Justice Clarence Thomas, um, who happens to be uh, of African heritage and who happens to be the most constitutional-minded member of the court nowadays. Um, and you know, just from from what I saw of the hearings, from what I, I read about it, uh, it looks like the conservative-leaning justices are extremely skeptical about using uh, race and sex in admissions. In fact, they they pretty much uh, indicated that they were going to be uh, repealing this, overturning this. And so um, you had uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He said, um, you know, he was asking about how many more years of this uh, racism in admissions do we need to do this? Um, you know, because during the last case, it was in 2003, decided it was the uh, Gruder case. Um, they were told, the, the high court was told that, well, in 25 years, uh, you know, hopefully we, we won't need to be racist and sexist in our admissions anymore. Uh, well, uh, you know, we're almost at that 25 years now. And of course, it is still happening uh, and there are no signs that it's going to stop. And so Justice Kavanaugh asked, uh, you know, if you don't have something measurable, it's going to be very hard for this court, he said. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they fully expect to do this uh, indefinitely, I think. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts also sounded very skeptical. He, uh, he said to the lawyers there, he says, your position is that race matters because it's necessary for diversity, which is necessary for the sort of education you want. It's not going to stop mattering at some particular point. You're always going to have to look at race because you say race matters to give us the necessary diversity. And he's right, right? Uh, when, when the, um, admissions officers obsessed with this diversity stuff say, uh, well, we need this many of this type of color and this this type of color. Uh, this is something that will go on absolutely indefinitely. Um, and uh, Justice Thomas actually was um, very forceful on this. Um, in the uh, in the last case, um, back in uh, 2003, said the Constitution abhors classifications based on race, not only because those classifications can harm favored races or are based on illegitimate motives, but also because every time the government places citizens on racial registers and makes race relevant to the position of to the provision of burdens or benefits, uh, it demeans us all. And of course, he's absolutely correct. Uh, in this case, uh, in his comments. To the lawyers, he uh, he really got upset with this diversity. He's like, you know, what is this diversity? I'm hearing this diversity all the time, and yet I have absolutely no idea what it means. Uh, and ironically, he actually compared the arguments in favor of racism in admissions to the actually same the same arguments that were being made by segregationists some decades ago. Uh, it is literally the same thing. Now, uh, the the newest member of the court, the far left race monger, I don't know how you say her name, Katanji Brown Jackson. Um, yeah, that's the same lady who couldn't define woman, <laughs> that one, uh, because she's not a biologist. Apparently, you need to be a biologist. Well, she was an ardent defender of racist policies, uh, even though, incidentally, uh, during her Senate confirmation hearings, uh, Ted Cruz asked her about this very case, and she said she planned to recuse herself. Apparently, she lied under oath. I don't know if it's too late to prosecute her for that. Um, now, she is is like the, the example, right? All, all these people who love racism in college admissions, they say, well, look at Katanji Brown-Jackson, right? She's a perfect 
perfect example of why we need affirmative action and racism in our policies. Uh, I happen to disagree. Uh, she's exhibit A as to why we don't want to promote people based on their skin color, because then you end up with people who can't define woman. Right? Uh, my my four year old could probably define a woman. Uh, anyways, uh, legal analysts who are looking at this case say it's almost certain that the Supreme Court is going to strike down affirmative action. The real case is uh, how far is are, are they planning to go here? Uh, but you know what? In a free country, I think if you want to be a racist and you want to run your college based on racist criteria, fine. It's a free country. But in a free country, you don't get your tax money, our tax money, to subsidize your racism and your discrimination against descendants of Europeans and Asians. That's enough of that. Uh, we need to get the U.S. government out of education completely, out of education funding, uh, and then all these issues and all this racism will magically disappear, and probably tuitions will go back down to something reasonable. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, it's not all surprising that trust in today's media is at a record low, another one. But the breakdown is as interesting as it is revealing. 84% of Americans say the mainstream media is a danger to democracy, including a significant majority that believe the media's bias and misinformation is a threat to our freedom. I'm David Fiorazzo, and this is Christ and Culture. A new Gallup poll affirms just 34% of Americans overall have any trust whatsoever in the mass media to report the news fully, accurately, and fairly, and I don't blame them. 34% is just two points higher than the all-time record low in 2016 when most media practically campaigned for Hillary Clinton. Gallup points out, quote, notably, this is the first time that the percentage of Americans with no trust at all in the media is higher than the percentage with a great deal or a fair amount combined. In fact, just 7%, that's 5 plus 2, 7% of Americans have a, quote, great deal of trust and confidence in the media. One reason for this, as the poll notes, is an increase in the percentage of Americans who see too much bias as a major problem. Hello, 50 years ago. Anyway, now though, today, 86% of Republicans view the media unfavorably, but not Democrats. A whopping 70% of Democrats still trust the media. Stop. Shouldn't that make honest, truth-seeking people question why this is the case? Americans' distrust of the media constantly falls along party lines. Now, I often suggest the root of the problem is the one party, big tech, 
media conglomerate. Democrats own all major purveyors of information. They share the same godless worldview, and they overwhelmingly donate to Democrat socialist candidates and, of course, liberal causes. That's fact. Now, these new poll results arrive around the exact same time another concerning report exposes Google for manipulating search results and burying Republican campaign sites in 83% of top U.S. Senate races. I am convinced the Democrat-run media influences elections. The question, though, is to what extent? Now, the study found Google is manipulating search results by burying Republican candidates' campaign websites They're in the weeks leading up to the 2022 midterm elections. The study from North Carolina State University reveals that Google's Gmail marked 59.3% more emails from right-leaning candidates as spam compared to left-leaning candidates. Now, Media Research Center President Brent Bozell had something to say about it. Quote, first, researchers caught Google red-handed by proving Republican campaign emails were sent to spam. Now, we've uncovered Google manipulating search results to hide Republican campaign websites while promoting Democrat ones. This is all an effort by Google to help Democrats and interfere in the democratic process, end quote. Disturbing? Yes. But not exactly a newsflash for those of us who have been paying attention over the years. In 2020, I reported on what appeared to be indisputable proof that the Democrat big tech and mainstream media helped Joe Biden while they censored Trump. You may recall that President Trump was censored hundreds of times on Twitter alone at that time and was openly hated by most media, while Biden was not censored once, not once. Here we are two years later with major Biden family corruption that's going unchecked, and many Americans are still asking, where's Hunter? Hunter Biden. Now, seriously, if one of Trump's sons was involved in the slightest hint of scandal, don't you think nearly every media outlet would cover it? I mean, 24-7 probably. But according to the Media Research Center, Biden was protected and coddled by the so-called reporting on Trump. It was almost constantly 93% negative and against Trump. So another point of emphasis from recent polling, Gallup, is that the two most important issues to voters, the economy and cost of living. Wow, not nearly as concerned to most people are abortion, inequality, equity, inclusion, and trans policies, right? Well, we'll see next week after the midterms if any of this comes into play when we find out who is elected across the country and who will still hold majorities in the House and Senate the leftists in big tech, social media, and mainstream media are doing their best for the left to control information. More true conservatives and people of faith must flood the polls on Tuesday. Let me just quote the great Charles Finney. The time has come that Christians must vote for honest 
men and take consistent ground in politics or the Lord will curse them. Christians have been exceedingly guilty in this matter, but the time has come when they must act differently. God will bless or curse this nation according to the course Christians take, end quote. The media think that, that political division and chaos in this country helps their cause, but let's prove them wrong, even if they are the ones primarily to blame for causing chaos and dividing Americans. Pray, vote, and stand for the truth. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. All right, let's take a little time to find out what's trending left. So the pandemic has been over for quite some time now, and despite all the nonsense and mandates that were forced upon the American people, a new article says we should all memory wipe what happened and just, you know, move on. From The Atlantic, Emily Oster says we must declare a pandemic amnesty, adding that we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Well, that's a convenient statement to make. Now that things are back to normal and you admit you were wrong without admitting you were wrong, but she's not the only one who shares the sentiment. The head of the second largest teachers union in America and one of the people responsible for saying schools should be shut down and remain that way, well, oh, good old Randy Weingarten says she agrees that people need to forgive and forget what she imposed on millions of children across the nation, resulting in one of the biggest educational setbacks in modern American history. Well, thankfully, most of us don't have the memory of a goldfish and remember exactly what was forced on us based on very little proven data. The hindsight, they say, is uh, 2020. And yes, we all remember 2020. So I just wanted to take a minute or two to stroll down memory lane for a quick look at some of the greatest hits from COVID control. So we're gonna start with the ridiculous idea that masking children was going to stop a virus. Here's Kelly Kraut, a woman running for Lieutenant Governor in Arkansas, expressing how the parents, the parents were the problem when it came to forcing children to wear face diapers all day long. Something I keep hearing from parents who do not want their children wearing masks in school is that they think it is causing slash will cause long-term mental health issues. The symptoms that parents are suggesting that masks cause, shortness of breath, fatigue, headaches, stomach aches, difficulty concentrating, are also symptoms of anxiety. Maybe kids are stressed because people they've been taught their whole lives to trust, doctors, are now in direct opposition to people they've also been taught to trust, their parents. Imagine hearing everywhere, there's a threat, but the people that you trust are saying, no, there's not. That is confusing for kids. They're watching and they are learning. As her shirt says, yes, the children are watching and they're learning, but it's very difficult for them to really watch and learn when they can't see at all what is happening. And what about the younger children? Remember how the two, three and four year olds were forced to wear masks in daycares when there was absolutely zero science to back up this idiotic action. Here's a reminder of that trauma. Put yeah. the mask on. Yeah. No, you gotta put, you gotta wear it on, honey. No, you gotta keep it on. Yeah. 
your mask on. Child abuse. That's child abuse. Meanwhile, we had politicians going into classrooms for photo ops to show, you know, they really do care about the children. And I give you Stacey Abrams, the current governor of Georgia. Ho oh, wait, no, no, that's only in her head. But she is the Democrat running for governor in Georgia. And during COVID time, she was sitting in a classroom without a mask, surrounded by the children's, the parents, the faculty, and they're all wearing the masks. So can you say hypocrisy? I can. Likewise, you had California's Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom caught enjoying a maskless meal at the French Laundry, one of the most expensive restaurants in the state. This all while he put the entire state on lockdown, prohibiting many businesses from even being open during the height of the pandemic. How bougie of him. And then you had one of the most despicable videos I have ever seen. It's Here you have a family paying their respects at a funeral during COVID with all the chairs separated by at least five feet. And two people, you see, move their chairs to be closer to someone who's grieving. And here's the funeral director quickly pouncing on them, demanding that they must separate because six feet under is not enough for these people. This is the stuff we are all supposed to forget. Poo-poo on all of you. And finally... I want to wrap things up with another article posted last January, which simply says, shh, the quiet part out loud. In the Los Angeles Times, mocking anti-vaxxers, COVID deaths is ghoulish. Yes, but maybe necessary. And there you go. So according to the left and Randy Weingarten, but I repeat myself, after three years of lockdowns, mandates, masking, restrictions, and vaccine guilt, we're all supposed to whistle a happy tune and forget everything that happened. Well, what do you say, America? Should we? Don't forget to make your thoughts known. Let me know in the comments and uh, feel free to share this video to get even more thoughts. For now, though, that thankfully wraps up this segment. More craziness next time. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, Simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All right, well, let's wrap up this week with a fun story that basically is making the rounds again. Fun! A Los Angeles musician by the name of Pete Monzingo has been making quite the name for himself as he's been uploading videos to TikTok of him playing music on the trombone and it pokes fun at his mom. Well, Pete's mom is a little person and Pete thought it would be funny to create a soundtrack of his mom's life while playing the trombone at various times of the day. Well, needless to say, his videos have garnered millions of views and we thought this compilation is just what many of us need to close out this show. So without further ado, enjoy the music. Don't even do that. Okay, she's just getting stuff out of the fridge. Oh, she dropped something. That's right. So when mom chases you around with your trombone, that's the music you play, I guess. And here's and the sweeping, sweeping the sidewalk. Trombone, please. Enough. Enough, enough, enough. Oh, it's Star Wars. Oh. 
all she's doing is trying to walk into the house with her towels. And yet he is just there. <laughs> she shut the door on him. She can't even watch a movie without him coming in and interrupting. Oh, she, he did the universal theme on trumpet. <laughs> the Star Wars one. Well, that was pretty good. I like the yeah. Star Wars one. But yeah. uh, the sweeping of the floor, yeah, that was creative. But yeah, she said, I want to, how about a nice one? How about exactly. a nice song? What, I'm trying to think, what you could, could you do on the trombone that would be like a nice... Oh, there's plenty. I used to play trombone. Did you really? Yeah, just a little bit. I constantly am educated of, even about my co-host, Katie Petrick. I, I am a woman of many We got to do the greatest hits on the trombone someday. The issue in why... Do you still have it? N no, I don't. But the issue of why I didn't originally Jeez. start playing trombone, I had to pick it up later when I got older because I couldn't hit seventh position because I had to, th I had to throw it. long enough. Yeah, I had to throw it. So I started on trumpet. Anyway, that's going to wrap up this week on Educated. How, how did we do this week? It's been another good week, I think, you know, but you tell us. Please let us know by visiting stayeducated.org. And remember, tonight, yes. check out part two. Yes. Part two it is of Dr. Jake's new series on a brief history of American political parties. Tonight, awesome. 7 p.m. Central, he is going to walk us through the early Republican Party. All right, well, for Katie and myself, thank you again for watching. And until next week, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.